Hey, Matt. What's going on, man? How you doing? Good. Do you know this is episode 75? Shit, seriously? 75? Yep. Man. Which means we are tied with Default Alive. Oh, sorry, Corey. Sorry, sorry. Chris. <laughs> they've, been, they've been doing it for two years now, uh, but they've been slacking off. So we actually passed them. and Well, we're tied now, but I think we're going to pass them because we're still publishing once a week. Mm. I can break this episode into a couple of different parts and we can just crank oh. our way to 80. Oh, yes. Great idea. <laughs> mm. That would definitely give us a vacation. <laughs> what, like one half hour episode put out over five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a lot of people say the episodes needs to be shorter. So I think that's, yeah. you know, that's a win-win. Exactly. Let's build some tension. Let's break it up. <laughs> just cliffhanger Each after cliffhanger. A cliffhanger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do this week? <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> Tune in next <laughs> <laughs> to find out what Matt did. So yeah, <laughs> but seriously, what what did you do last week? <laughs> uh, yeah, so a few things. Um, so I got uh, approached by another company to do some screening of their developers. So oh, yeah. um, they are looking to hire another developer in the intermediate range, and they just haven't had a lot of luck with their screening process. They... You know, they, they put job applications out onto all the traditional uh, job distribution networks, like, you know, whatever, indeed.com, things like that. And they don't have a fleshed out process for how to begin evaluating these people. So it's like, if you, <laughs> right now their process is like, if you apply, you get an interview with the founder. Like they, they do very little screening beforehand. So uh, I was chatting with them and they said, you know, we could really use some help with this. So I said, hey, no problem. I'll put together a process. Well, I'll, eval I'll evaluate your existing process. I'll kind of combine it with what I know how to do. And maybe at the very least, even if I can't help you to ask better questions or, uh, or how to position people better or just evaluate them, at the very least, I can be a first pass filter to get the cruft out so that you're not wasting your time on every candidate. So um, I was reading through a lot of CVs, figuring out what was relevant and non-relevant experience, uh, making sure that, you know, they want to have people living and working in Canada. So I was screening for that. And then I would hold the initial phone screen. So I came up with, I devised a very simple set of questions that we, you can ask without a lot of, um, that, that aren't a lot heavy with discussion and that sort, of, that sort of thing. Really just, you know, if you've been, if you've been a backend developer and you've been building APIs, you probably have an idea of what like restful design is. I'll ask you like a couple of very straightforward restful design questions, a couple of database questions, that sort of thing. So um, that was fun. I got to meet a lot of uh, developers in the intermediate range, which was, uh, which was a big shock for me. <laughs> it's been a while since I've worked <laughs> with people that junior. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of fun to see where their knowledge ends because you can't ask them like, it's so interesting to ask like, what is a relevant question for this person? Right. I'm so used to getting incredibly groomed candidates from recruiters who come out and say like, oh yes, of course he has 11 and a half years of very specific experience in this realm. So you can come in and evaluate them very quickly of just like, okay, do you know, do you tell me about this like one complex topic? And if they answer it, then you're like, great, you know what you're doing. The rest of this is just like a culture interview. Um, but these for, for these juniors, it's really like, okay, it's your experience is a mishmash of a lot of things. I just have to like 
answer the question, are you a developer? And are you keen enough that like, if they throw something weird at you, you're going to Google or ask for help or, you know, like exhibit signs of a, of a developer. So that's been a lot of fun. I think I probably did a dozen phone screens. Um, I looked at a lot more CVs than that. Um, really, I, we were looking for backend specific people. Um, so, you know, you, you had to be doing, you, you had to know what a database is basically. <laughs> so yeah, just doing a lot of CV work, um, weeding out a couple people and then, yeah, figuring out the, the actual interview itself. Um, I had to smoke a lot of candidates um, to, to figure out what was reasonable and what was not. Um, I, in my first job, I was doing a lot of database work. Um, so I was hoping that, and you know, this company is also doing a fair amount of database work and it's like, you know, we only have three years of experience. We can't expect you to like be a DBA or something like that's a little, that's asking a little much. Um, but you know, tell me what an index is, help me to understand, like, do you know what a transaction is? Things like this. Um, and I definitely got a, <laughs> a lot of different answers, but really? uh, learned, a, oh man, whew, yeah, I, I think it just goes back to speaking about juniors and like how much you can expect a junior to know and the types of tasks that juniors are given. Um, How involved are they in, in the process of software development and how much of them are like they given versus reserved for like, are they just fixing bugs? Are they involved in writing new code? Like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. There's quite a lot of different, um, different backgrounds. So it was kind of fun to, I, sorry, I, I, I was just going to say, my my daughter just started her, her first internship. I keep forgetting this, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's amazing, right, how little they know in their first oh, internship. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she's she's like learning how Git works. Sure. Right, like, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and un- unfortunately, I can't really help her because I haven't worked with other teams for like 11 years. Yeah. So I've actually never used Git with a team. <laughs> oh wow! I've only ever done one pull request for a, a bug fix on an open source project. Right. Uh, and even then, like I had to follow a blog, like line <laughs> for line. How the hell do you do that? <laughs> oh man. So yeah, but yeah, it's it's amazing how how much we take it for granted, right? When you've been a software developer for so long. Yeah. You forget. Yeah, it's not all obvious. No. Oh my god. I I remember learning Git and how frustrating that was. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, like it, 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 you know, screening out these developers and trying to get a sense of what they know and what they don't know. Because yeah, like it's so easy to lose perspective on what's reasonable, especially when you won't, haven't been working in the industry that long. Right. How can you really expect someone with three years of experience to to know or have any mastery? Like that's not that's not fair. Um, but yeah, I, it was nice to get a, ref, uh, it was nice to get a refresh on, you know, what is, what is two years of experience look like across the board? Um, yeah. So that was, that was nice. That was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun interviewing candidates and <laughs> how, did, how did you get this gig? Oh, just through the co-working space. Um, oh, really? I've been having a lot of, yeah, like, man, this co-working space is dope. Um, I just, everyone's super friendly. So I, you could just have lunch or overhear a conversation and just kind of jump in on it and, um, people are always looking to help one another. So yeah, I was just overheard somebody talking about screening developers and I kind of, I, you know, I said, Oh, I, I know what you mean. And then you kind of pull a face and everybody has a laugh and you're like, well, no, you know, 
and you start talking about your history in the industry. And before you know it, they're like, can you help me? <laughs> because they're, they're <laughs> here, they're, they're business owners. They're like, I have this problem. This is not working or I'm really struggling with this and they're motivated. So they're like, please God, like get in here and help me. Uh, yeah. So that was, that, that was super cool. And I just kind of paid by, I, I wasn't yeah, like, I, w- I was, I wasn't confident that I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be able to find you like an amazing candidate or anything like that. Uh, Cause I'm working with one of their internal um, support staff who is managing the posting of the job online. And um, uh, so she's, she's posting the job and dealing with all of the, uh, C- uh, the job posting networks, I guess. I don't, I don't know what to call it. But anyway, so she's managing like the candidate, the very, very top of the candidate funnel. And then she shows me each of the CVs I sc- and then I decide yes, no. And then I phone screen them from there. Um, and then I pass, uh, I, I pass the candidate on to the, to the rest of their team. Um, so like, you know, you know, taking a step back, I'm not acting as a recruiter, but like the value that I'm adding to the business there is first of all, I'm helping them to improve their process and like thinking like if you previously, if you applied to this company and they looked at your resume and were like, this seems okay, you went right to the founders. So, (laughs) so I'm saving them some time there. Uh, And I'm also like, I'm just eliminating a lot of the chaff. So like in terms of the value to the business, I've probably saved them. If I've screened a dozen people, uh, I've done 12, 30 minute calls and I've eliminated a lot more CVs than that. I mean, how many hours have I saved them? Like 50, 60, maybe? I've just prep and candidate time and people no showing or... So yeah, that w- that's, been, that's been pretty interesting. Um, I was looking at a lot of... I was helping them with their process. One of the things that they're very interested in, especially at an intermediate level, is they really were tied to seeing an example of a candidate's code. They were like, no, it's really important to us that we can see some code that they've written. And it's like, all right, well, you use a couple different languages here. Like, how can we, you know, how can we find something for them to do? Like, do you want to have an example repo and have them make a PR against it? Do you want them to just like show you some code? Like, what's the point of this? So I was taking a look and um, I remember hearing about this maybe on Startups for the Rest of Us, but there's a, um, a product out there called uh, Code Submit, codesubmit.io. And they have like a huge corpus of languages and frameworks of projects written in each of these things. And the idea is if you want to do a coding challenge with someone, you can give them a pre-made coding challenge in a language and or framework. And you can say, fix this bug or implement this feature. Like you can give them a very self-contained, um, a very self-contained problem set. So, um, I was looking at it and thinking like, oh, that's a very interesting business. Like, because originally they were like, the, the company was thinking, okay, we need to come up with a coding challenge. And I said, all right, well, I'll pay a freelancer or somebody to go out and build a, a sample project that they would work on. And that's effectively what CodeSubmit.io is doing. It's, it's a repository of these things. Mm-hmm. So I was taking a look at it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've only ever heard of these guys through, through I guess, startups for the rest of us. But was thinking, oh, I wonder if... Um, uh, I, I wonder why I haven't heard of them. Like as a technical person, I would think like this should be something I should be well aware of. It's almost almost like a coder pad level kind of thing. Um, like why aren't we using this in more interviews? Why are we not tackling this more seriously? Or why is it not a more used tool? So yeah, it's kind of an interesting business. So I was wondering what their marketing channels were because I know it's just a you know 
it's a small business. I don't know how many people actually work for them. Damn. So you're, you're an expert in hiring, huh? Yeah, that's maybe, it. That's me. Maybe we should you do know. a little workshop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was, that's been a lot of fun. I think if I were going to take another gig like this, cause they, they've already found somebody, they j- actually just went through a, an in-person, well, you know, in-person full interview today, technical interview, and at least one candidate has passed it. So, um, and actually it was really funny. He passed my phone screen, obviously. And the notes that I gave them were, um, you know, he, he's good. Technically he, he passes my bar, but beware because he is unbelievably charming and don't let him charm you <laughs> like <laughs> na- nail him to the wall because like, it's so funny to meet candidates like this who I, he doesn't even know how charming he is. He's one of these people who's just like super genuine and honest, but the problem is he's so likable that you're, it's easy to be like, oh, he didn't know the answer to that question, but that's okay. I'm like, right. is that okay? I mean, it could be okay, but like, don't let him charm his way <laughs> into, uh, into getting this job when he doesn't actually know anything. <laughs> um, but it turns out he's actually, he managed to pass their technical assessment as well. So it seems like it's a good fit. <sighs> yeah. So that was kind of adventures <clears throat> with recruiting this last, I mean, that's kind of been two weeks of, of on and off. Um, so, but that looks like it'll conclude if this person gets hired. Um, and then other than that, you know, uh, with the time that I've been spending, uh, meeting people in the co-working space, I've just met a bunch of developers that have like very recently quit their jobs and they're all, they all have the same idea as me. <laughs> like I want to be some kind of entrepreneur. I want to start a product. I want to make some money online. And, uh, I think how many have I met at the co-working space now? Five other people. And they're all just like viscerally aware of how much money they're burning, <laughs> Like, so a lot of them are like, oh, I'm interested in part-time freelancing and maybe taking on a little bit of work, contributing back to the family, et cetera. And it's just funny how we have this, like, there's so many part-time freelancing devs. And now that I've been doing this for so long, I'm just trying to say like, yeah, man, boundaries are really hard. (laughs) Like maybe you're, maybe you're okay with it. Maybe your boundaries are a lot better than mine. But you know, if you're, if you really care enough to want to start a business, very likely you're you're probably in the same boat as I am. So it's kind of interesting to think about like, you know, these part-time freelancing developers and how many of them there actually are. Cause like, this is just in my immediate vicinity. There's like another five who knows how many there are around the world who are also dealing with trying to start their own products or build their own things. And like how best to use these part-time devs. Cause certainly like the project that I, you know, the, the project that I'm freelancing for, there's a lot of part-time people and we're not async. And I don't know that you can be part-time. I don't know that you can have multiple part-time people collaborating with one another. It just like, isn't, it doesn't seem to be possible yeah, unless you go async. Um, Cause otherwise like you get blocked and you're like, well, I'm totally blocked. And the person, <laughs> the only person who can unblock me is asleep or whatever. Right. It's only going to work in three days. Exactly. Or, or I have no idea when he's going to show up again. Like I, in the next seven days, he should, he should reappear, but I don't know. All right. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned like the fear of running out of money. Cause, uh, I don't know if you know Val, the founder of uh, blog static. I he also don't. has a, he also has a podcast. I don't remember the name. Um, <clears throat> so he, he just released like a spreadsheet. It's basically he was saying, you know, I'm going to do this all publicly now. And what's interesting is that he's really just looking at the money that he can pay himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause often people are just throwing around these MRR numbers, but they, 
they, they don't mean anything, right? Is the company even profitable? You don't know. Like, right. Right. Could be making 10,000 MRR, but spending 15. So like he's like, he has this like you, this spreadsheet that he's sharing and it's showing like, this is my runway in February is, you know, is the day that I have no more money. <laughs> right. So it's really interesting. It's, he's mostly going to share like the money that gets into his bank account. Right? I like see. That's, that's what counts. Mm. Yeah. Cause you, is this related to, um, I saw, I think you saw a tweet. I saw a tweet from you about like how much of your burn is recouped by your MRR. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's, that's where I got the idea from after seeing his spreadsheet. I was there. It's right. true. Like instead of sharing MRR, why don't we share like what percentage of your living expenses are being paid for by your startup or startups right. if you have multiple, right? Cause then in most of the time, that's what indie hackers care about. It's like, are you living off of your products? Yes. Like, and you know, if you live, if you live in the West, that, that means a lot higher MRR. But, you know, if you lived in the Eastern Bloc or, or, you know, you're nomad, you can be living off very little money. So, yeah, totally. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah, it's nice. Cause I guess when we talk about MRR, we're talking about, it's like, how can I have an apples to apples comparison? But I totally agree with you. Like, it's funny, like success for me is not about how much money I make. It's just like, you know, do I have the, am I making enough money to freely decide how my time is being used? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like getting to a hundred percent of my time is freely used. And it's like, fantastic. That's certainly something that you can tell people and have them understand. Yeah. I mean, if you want to compare businesses, then yeah, MRR matters, sure. but, but you should also say how much of it is profit. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're more into lifestyle design and the lifestyle I want, well, then my business just needs to pay for my living expenses. Right. Yeah. I, totally. I was trying to I was trying to gamify it, like think of different levels, <laughs> mm. like level one, you, you say what percentage of your living expenses are being paid for by your startup. Mm. Once you reach a hundred, then you're in level two. And that's, you know, maybe your, first your living expenses are like ramen level living expenses. Mm. Then you can have your fat fire living expenses. <laughs> totally. Um, where you're making more, then at one point you're making more money than your living expenses. So now your savings are growing Exactly. Yeah. Cause that's certainly, yeah. Like th that's definitely a level that I understand. It's like, great. The, my income is paying for me to like eat and sleep and not be homeless. Right. And then, oh yeah. Next step up is I, yeah, I, 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 I am able to have savings every month. And then it's like, great. There's the level three of like, I can retire at 60 <laughs> because I'm saving actively. Um, right. Yeah, and just like breaking it into like potential life goals. It'd be interesting, yeah. And and like those people who are still living on savings, like mm -hmm. you could still say, well, my startup is paying for 10% of my expenses. So that means I'm drawing the other 90% from my savings. Mm -hmm. and this is how, how long my runway is. Yeah, exactly. For me, a lot of it has always been, or my my goal, like some, something I've kind of been saying with my wife is, you know, I, the idea of having a business that works. And a business working is a situation where I can pay myself a mar what my market rate would be. And, you know, like I'm worth a lot of money. <laughs> if I wanted to go out and find a job, I can, I command a, a very decent rate. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would challenge that though. Like, because 
that would require you having a full-time job, no freedom. You, that is very, very true. That is very true. So yeah, you, you, you know, you could move to San Francisco now and make a fortune, but you be living in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if, I mean, if that's, that that's the lifestyle you want, then, then yeah, it's a win-win. Mm, very true. Yeah. Cause it's, it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm making like 300 K, but I also work an insane amount. It's yeah. Yeah. Or what if you went down to, oh, I work 50%, but I make 100 K and you're like, yes, but like that is a thousand times better right, because like exactly. you're not, yeah, you're only working 50%. You can just leave the rest at the door. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're, you're being paid that high top salary at a fang company, you know, like, is it some toxic environment where <laughs> people are backstabbing each other and yeah, you live at the office basically? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Like what are you being compensated for? Cause yeah, it's like you're, <laughs> yeah. If you're being backstabbed or you have to deal with like a crappy work environment, like hopefully you're at least getting compensated for it. Right. Yeah. And if, and if you have a clear goal, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this for five years and I'm saving 80% of it. So yep. then after that, I can go full fat fire, mm-hmm. retire early. And yeah. So yeah, I like this idea of, of this kind of like apples to apples comparison of, yeah, like, is your business paying for your living expenses? And then the flex becomes, I live in Colorado or like I live in San Francisco. Like, Whoa, <laughs> dude is making bucks. <laughs> I mean, all the other metrics are are good for comparing the businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your churn compared to other businesses in your industry? Yeah, but <clears throat> I don't know. As an indie hacker, that I'm just I'm more interested in knowing are people like living off of their products? Totally. Yeah, they're the people I'm most interested in in hearing from. Yeah. How was your week? Did you get into get into any trouble? <clears throat> all the time. <laughs> Oh man, I feel like I, I feel like I got nothing done. Fuck. <laughs> but I, but I did, I did do stuff. But mm-hmm. basically, after our conversation with Emma, mm-hmm. um, like when she was talking about that first hire she did, and you know how successful it was. Yeah, it really lit a fire. Like it was. Okay, I need, I need to pull the trigger. I need to do the same thing because I'm feeling overwhelmed, and there's so many different things I'd be, I want to be working on. I need, I need some help. Sure. So I started writing down like all the things that I do mm-hmm. to try to group them by role to see like, you know, can I start off just by outsourcing one task and then eventually give them the next task and the next and mm-hmm. eventually they fill, they fulfill all the tasks underneath that role. So, but then like, it's just a rabbit hole. Like, all right. So maybe <laughs> I need, maybe I need a developer. So mm. then I, you know, I go on Upwork and I go on, there's a few sites that are specific just to find people in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at that, but it's like, man, how, how do you pull the trigger? Like, how do you, how do you hire someone? Like, mm. do I give them like a test little project to do or, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was, it was really, it was so hard. I, I mean, I spent a lot of time like all on these different platforms trying to come up with different ideas too. Like I, I also like the idea of like hiring someone junior okay. and like mentoring them at the same time as mm-hmm. I was hoping to find, you know, like there might be someone out there that is motivated that wants like lots of hands-on experience. Like, Hey, I want, mm-hmm. I want to touch it all. Like, yeah, I, I want to do some marketing too and some 
customer support and, and dev. Like I want to do it all because they aspire to also have their own business one day. So, mm-hmm. but then like, where do you find a person like that? Right. <laughs> so yeah. I know there's a, like, there's a boot camp here in, in town called Le, Le Wagon. Yeah. So I was like, well, maybe I can get an alumni from there. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's weird. Like they, they sort of have like a partner network. Okay. Uh, but, but I thought like, you know, you could just like easily just tell them, Hey, I'm looking for someone. Mm-hmm. But no, it was like, no, no, you have to like sign up this, this huge form to fill out, to become a partner mm. with them. And I was like, it was kind of, it's kind of weird. Like, aren't you, like, wouldn't you guys want to have a better track record of finding jobs for these alumni? Yeah. You would want that to be like crazy easy. Right. So yeah. So for, but then I found this other, this, this one person I follow on Twitter, he, he has started this self-taught um, tech network. Okay. So it's a bunch of people that have that are, that have no degree in software development, but they taught themselves how to do it. Right. What's it called? I think it's called Self-Taught Tech Network. I think. Okay. So yeah, so it's you know I've chatted with him before, and at one point <clears throat> I was thinking of um, I asked him if I could maybe post a job posting, and said so that he sent me a form, but then I actually had to write, <laughs> so I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm more motivated. Sure. So, but but I joined his network just to see how many people were in it, and then I tried to find him on Twitter, and then I found like two people that hey, this you know they might be they might be a good match. So I reached out to them directly. Okay. But but yeah, like so I got the conversation started, but I really don't know what to do next. <laughs> mm. Like, do I give them a challenge? Do I? Mm. What are you hoping to hire them to do? I mean, this is just like one rabbit hole that I went to, that I went down, which is mostly dev oriented. But okay. I mean, I have a whole bunch of other tasks, like for marketing, for customer mm. support, for um, DevOps, you know, there's right. so many other roles that uh, sure. I'm still not sure if dev is really the first one I should be hiring. Mm. Well, I mean, maybe it doesn't matter necessarily that, well, I, to finish that thought, maybe it doesn't matter what you're hiring for necessarily, but just that you're taking steps. But maybe actually it does matter what you pick first. Maybe you want to pick the one that maybe you'll have the most success with. So like dev seems like a, a, the most reasonable one because you understand the problem so well. You're a developer. You know how to screen other developers. So like it seems like of the you stand to iterate very quickly with that. Like what works, what doesn't work, and then rolling with that. So maybe it's good that you started with this one because like you understand the problem so well. Yeah, but then does that mean that I have to do all the marketing? <laughs> <laughs> marketing well, week know, every week <laughs> only until you figure out how to solve that one too because <laughs> yeah because yesterday I, I i did a bit of coding and it felt great <laughs> yeah so it's turns like, out <laughs> yeah i want i want to do more of that this thing we do professionally that we have like honed skills over decades turns out it's really fun right it is a reason why we stuck around exactly so yeah um, i mean i i think this um this trying to trying to go through these directories and networks mm-hmm. trying to find someone um i i don't feel like i'm getting anywhere i think maybe i need to write a job post a, a, like a job listing and list it somewhere mm-hmm. and then hire you for screening <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah happy to do it it's it's interesting because like i feel like with the screening that i've done here but i've also done like you know interview consulting before with other companies, that kind of thing. Um, 
the thing that's so interesting is every channel, every distribution network that devs go to gets you a different kind of candidate. So like if, for example, if you post, I have, I have never looked on indeed.com for a job. Um, I get my jobs through my network. So you are going to get a certain type of candidate that would go to indeed.com. Right. And then it's like, all right, well, what about the people that you harass on LinkedIn to be like, I have an opportunity for you or people like the self-taught, um, the self-taught network, like you're going to get a certain type of candidate there too. So it's really interesting to think about like what distribution network am I missing, but also do I even want people from that network? And then how can I evaluate, how can I meet them where they are to make sure that I'm not hitting like false negatives or false positives, you know, like a false positive in this case would be like, Oh, I hired someone who wasn't good. So, but that's within your power to control. You can screen, you can learn how to screen better, but a false negative would be really sad. Uh, well, depending on how many candidates you, you can right. assess. Um, so yeah, it's like, how far are you willing to go to eliminate false negatives? Um, but maybe it doesn't matter if you, uh, if you have enough candidates that you can screen or have access to. Yeah, yeah self-taught it, devs is is particularly interesting because there's going to be it, things yeah, it, like yeah, it's going to be things they just don't know or well, potentially don't know, right? But at the same time, they're they, they're self-taught, right? Like there's mm-hmm. that is a quality. Exactly. That means they can also they can also self-teach themselves how to use Webflow. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. For what they lack in one area, they more than make up for in other areas, and that's just the type of candidate that that they are. Yeah. And, be, and learning how to assess a self-taught candidate, that's something that I struggle with a lot. Um, because, yeah, when it comes to projects, it's like asking someone, well, talk about a project that you worked on. Like learning how to dig down into that and make sure that you're not being bullshitted is difficult. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, that's just, but like you say, like if you can figure out how to do it, then you've unlocked this kind of candidate who's probably amazing. Uh, you just have to be willing to like get in there and try things and maybe make some mistakes. But that's but man, that sounds super worth it. So what would what would you do? You write a job listing and um, then find a way to screen them? Yeah, I would so I'm a big fan of like hypothesis driven interviewing. So like making a list of the things of the must haves. So for example, with a junior it's going to be really hard to be like, they got to know a lot about databases because it's like, that's just unreasonable. You, you, that, that person might exist, but like it might take a long, long time to find them. Um, so if I were hiring a junior, I would be really interested or I would be all about their energy and their personality. It's like, show me somebody who's keen. So um, how could you measure keenness? So one could be, do you have some code you can show me? What projects are you working on right now? What are you reading? Or tell me about the project you had at work and let's walk through that and tell me about your level of involvement in it. Um, the ideas, do you have any ideas of how to make it better? Like, tell me your opinions about the project. Like, just figuring out, like, what are the must-haves and then trying to understand, okay, how are, what are some objective criteria that I can use to evaluate that hypothesis? Um, yeah, and then I would totally go to a couple different um, networks, write a, write a job posting put it out there and see what you get from each, uh, from each network and start evaluating them and say, all right, well, you know, this, this job board doesn't do very well, but this one does, or indeed is mixed. Like, you know, just, you have to go be willing to try things. All right. Here's a stupid question. Like, let's say there's a trait that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. 
do I put that in the listing or do do I use that more in the interviewing? Like, mm. to, you know, like yeah, that, it's mm. it's too easy to say, oh, I'm looking for someone who who's detail oriented. Sure, that uh, that's a great example. Everyone's gonna say I'm detail oriented in their cover mm. letter, right? Everyone's yeah, gonna say, of course. It. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's almost like not saying it. Like, it, it, people aren't even reading it. Like, unless you were to ask them, uh, well, like, you know, so for example, the company I was contracting with in the job posting, it says you must write a cover letter okay. uh, and, and attach it and send it and apply through this email. So if you don't do that, then perfect. We can just like, it's like a, it's a hilarious first pass filter to just right. be like, great, you didn't even read the posting. So you're, you're exactly. not considered. If you want someone that's detail oriented, you say, I only want brown M&Ms, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say, say something detail oriented um, or, you know, give them a detail oriented task. Um, it, it's interesting. Like this, again, one of the things that we see when it comes to listing things in a job posting is people will self-select for the type of roles that they apply for. Like, for example, um, I, you know, I, I assume there's a study around this. I feel like it's been, it's in the zeitgeist, but uh, women and people of color tend to not apply for things that they don't meet every, uh, every requirement for. Whereas like, you know, like white men are like, ah, I've got like two out of three, I'll apply. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even listing the, um, the job posting that way will screen out some candidates just by the virtue of it being the way that it is. Um, but, you know, like you do want people to apply, you want to, you want to make a statement and like have an opinion about the type of person that you want. Like at some point you have to pick a side. It's your company, it's your money, it's your time. So like you need to be able to make a statement about what the job will be. I think it makes sense to put what you want in the listing and see who applies. You, yeah, with this, like you just can't know. <laughs> you can't know who right. will apply. You just got to try things. And the nice thing with these networks is you can totally A-B test your, your, uh, your posting. Right. The, I, I don't know that the network will do it for you, but you can pull the ad down and put it back up and change the copy and do things to, to try to see if who you attract. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's what I need to do. And I think what I, what I want to do, because like I said, I just started to look at hiring a dev, but really my absolute best first hire would be like a jack of all trade that yeah. is self-taught and wants to What's some hands-on experience of like running a startup that's going to do a bit of everything? Like totally. Marketing, customer support, design. So that is very unique. It's not going to be someone with a diploma. like. Yeah. <laughs> no, or well, they'll have an, a diploma, but you know, they're, they've pivoted since that, that diploma. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it, it's interesting too, because just when you say it, it's like, it is true, isn't it? Like this idea of a jack of all trades, someone who, someone who's interested in growing generally not just specializing right because it's certainly a i think it tends to be a a software driven trait that maybe there's almost an expectation that we grow in a spe in a specific way right or just um, like that example you were saying you're, you're meeting a lot of part-time freelancers right mm -hmm. if their goal is to start a SaaS in the future right they're gonna have to learn marketing they're gonna have mm -hmm. to learn rudimentary rudimentary like landing page design and yeah and copy and mm -hmm. how to set up an email sequence you know like mm -hmm. so like who, would they be interested in, in being paid to learn how to do those things mm. i would be yeah I, I just need to call it a boot camp 
Come to my one person boot camp. <laughs> you you laugh, but that's not a bad idea. It's it's kind of like a purple cow. Yeah. Like apprenticeship. Yeah. Like calling it an, an apprenticeship and like, you know, you're going to get paid and everything, but like I'm looking for somebody with technical skills, but like I want you for your drive, not just for your technical skills. That's very interesting. Yeah. That would be the that would be my unicorn. Like that's mm. that's what I'd be looking for. You should uh, I mean if you're interested, you should throw throw that out in a posting and see who applies. Like Right. That would be very I who would apply to something like that? That's very exactly. interesting. Exactly. Like like there wouldn't even be a category on Indeed where I could yeah. post it. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, it's it's not just web design, it's not just dev, it's not mm. just copywriting. Yeah. Or marketing. You know, uh, just an idea of, of a way to screen this would be, there's a lot of people out there that have like, I mean, I under, I know a lot more about like the university system than, than anything else, but people who are out of school who did a, like a minor in computer science or a double major in computer science. It's like, oh yeah, like I was doing biology or theater or music, psychology, and I got really interested in programming and I did a, I did a minor in it or something. And it's like, oh yeah, you have person, you have a person with technical skills for sure. Maybe they're not as strong as somebody who like focused only on that thing, but like that right out the gate, they're sending a message that they're like, no, I'm into multiple things. That's my shtick. That could be an interesting signal. Yeah. I mean, if people in these like 100 devs, these kind of self-taught people, they're coming from a background that isn't technical. Well, not like not necessarily technical. Like they were that is to say they're not programmers. This is very interesting. I hmm. well, do this if experiment. A, if there's a <laughs> listener to, out there <laughs> that matches this or knows someone, please reach or out. Or you think, or you think you might be. You know, you just right. have to have a. You, know, you don't have to be a master technical person, but you know, have an eye for it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I have lots of like dev work that really should be done by someone with experience, but I would gladly continue to do that work. <laughs> For now, right? Sure. If I could have someone that, that does everything else, and then eventually I'll hire a dev to help. Right. Yeah, I would be very interested interested to see what the outcome of listing a job with like the word apprentice in the title. Right. What, who applies? Like, I, geez, that sounds very interesting. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that was, that was my week. Cool. Very interesting. So yeah, I don't really have anything else. Do you? Nope. Cool. We right, got, we, you know, we got to keep stuff for episode 76, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. All right. Cool. All right, man. I will catch you next week. Awesome. See you. Cool. See you later.